Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D&D? This whole party. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. I'm down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D&D? Welcome to Down With D&D. I am your host, Sean Merwin. And today our guest host is someone who I have been waiting to talk to. In fact, and now I have the chance. He is the host of The Lounge on the Misdirected Mark Network and the editor of this show, Jesse Edmond, a.k.a. Dr. Palindrome, or Doc Palindrome. Hey, thanks for coming on to talk. <laughs> yes, um, I'm, I'm very excited to be on. Yeah, I have to make sure I have the differentiation between Dr. and Doc because yeah. uh, um, doc is uh, is just what you call a word document um, mm -hmm. whereas I am not a doctor so. you are not and if you were you might be uh, you might be recruited to right to I'm way too busy things. right now yeah that's we, we wouldn't want to be doing that Oof, yeah um, well shout out to any doctors who might actually listen to this no kidding um, uh, thank, thank you, you. Mm -hmm, for sure so first of all for any listeners who don't know you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself yeah, so um, I've been um, I've been playing role playing games for just most of my life. Uh, I know that relates to a question you'll ask in a little bit, but um, I uh, I've been doing uh, comedy for um, a lot of years, uh, semi to actual professionally um, for about ten um, with with an improv group. Um, uh, I've, I've done writing, I've done podcasting, um, all that stuff kind of, you know, has, has kind of coalesced into me working with uh, misdirected Mark. Um, mm -hmm. I found out, uh, in my forties that I am a really good interviewer and it's one of my favorite things to do, which is way later than I wish I had figured that one out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, which is why I do the lounge, um, which is currently on hiatus. Uh, mm -hmm. It may have the shortest third season of all time, uh, which was two episodes. But hey. um, but we got a lot of do, lot to do right now, and uh, and I'm 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 putting my skills elsewhere. So cool. So your your comedy work is going to come up later in the show because mm -hmm. the topic for today's episode is going to be comedy and gaming. Mm -hmm. But let's focus on the gaming part right now, and less on the comedy. So I want to ask, you know, what's your history with gaming, with D&D? Uh, when did you start, and what keeps you going? So like most people, and this isn't everybody, but like most people, my first game ever was Dungeons & Dragons. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one game, and it was done poorly. But I was, <laughs> I was like the little kid that nobody wanted around. Yeah. So they scared I me I off. still am. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I am sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, um, so then uh, a couple of years after that, um, for my birthday, which today is also my birthday. Uh, Happy birthday. You know, when we're recording it. Um, the, the, for my birthday, uh, I got uh, Marvel Superheroes by TSR. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that was how I fell in love with role playing games in general. Mm -hmm. um, Part of it was, you know, being able to have a narrative that was in the Marvel Universe. But my favorite thing to do wasn't, like, like have people play Spider-Man and fight Dr. Octopus. My favorite thing to do was to have people play their own characters mm -hmm. and fight my own bad guys. And then, like, have my bad guys team up with Dr. Octopus as a guest appearance. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like the guest star, you sure. know. 
Um, so that was, uh, and, and, and that was, that level of creativity kind of led me to a bunch of different games. Um, so my early games, um, the original cyberpunk, cyberpunk mm-hmm. 2013, mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, uh, uh, paranoia, oh, uh, yeah. which was speaking of classic. comedy and gaming. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and, um, another one that I played, uh, not as not as much of, but I, I I just I just played around with making characters for it so much, and I just enjoyed the idea of it. Was a game called Teenagers from Outer Space, okay. um, which was uh, it, can, it relates a lot to what we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Sure. So 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 even back then, when you were running your superheroes game, was it more serious, or or did you delve into comedy even then? Um, I liked I, I like to play around in both, and and I think I do that when I'm running like a like a quote unquote serious game. I like to to dip my toe into the humorous stuff, um, and I think sometimes that will bring that will make the serious stuff seem a little bit more serious. Um, I've done my share fair share of like grim dark like games that um, you know just just feel like a slog after a while, and I think it it it's better to like, you know, have somebody goof on stuff. Plus, you know, we're humans. So humans have a range of emotions. So if you try to present one, um, you know, so I, I think I'm all over the place. And I think my natural style is to make light of, of things in general. So uh, that kind of works, but yeah, like you meant, like we mentioned paranoia teenagers Mm -hmm. from outer space. Um, Also a game called tales from the floating vagabond, um, which, tried way too hard another thing i'll be a little bit right so so i assume you are still playing games i am um yeah i play uh i play lots of different games um i uh i am well i i I am on the fm gamers um Mm -hmm. and uh right now i'm running uh monster of the week a variation of that called uh five corners um but we've played some dungeons and dragons on there which is my my first really uh, in-depth experience with fifth edition, which I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played uh, pretty much every edition of, of Dungeons and Dragons. I play, I, but I played a lot of stuff, right. and I think that that's there's a huge birth of the types of games that I played, and some I enjoy, and some I don't. You know? Right, and and so part of that, I, I enjoy playing things other than D and D every once in a while, mm-hmm. um, just to see what you know what different is out there but also what grabs my imagination and what can i bring back into into D D? Mm-hmm. not necessarily rules wise but you know just the storytelling sort of mechanics that that go along with different games yeah uh, is what i love so to switch gears from games to podcasts yeah so you you have been uh the host of the lounge for mm-hmm. a few seasons now uh, and you've interviewed a large number of people uh, in the gaming world. How do you go about preparing to talk to someone about you know themselves and their role within the RPG community? So, um, so when I first started doing interviews, which was uh, 2013, um, I I set it up where I did a ton of research on somebody. And I had like 15 questions ready to go. And then I started doing that and it was just, I'd get bogged down with things. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I decided was that 
less less is more in a in a in a weird way. Um, okay. Weird theme with with me that people on that listen to this will find out. But um, uh, so that so I'll generally I'll I'll do some research on somebody. Um, I'll also the one one of the things I like to pay attention to now is like what have they done on other misdirected mark shows? Because if they've done if they talked about stuff that you know, if somebody's promoting a game and they've talked about that game on four other shows, mm-hmm. why not talk to them about something that's not that? Because the lounge specifically is about like, you know, hanging out and, and finding out who people are. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my, I, I'm passionate about who people are, which is uh, why I guess I'm a good interviewer. Well, that was a little insight on me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Th- but, I mean, uh, there, have been, there have been times when I've, tried to interview someone and I feel like I've done too much research and mm-hmm. I will, I will focus on something, you know, I will do so much research and I'll find something super interesting or what I feel is super interesting. So I'll, I'll kind of focus on that and ask questions about that, but it could be something that they did 10 years ago that they don't a care about or be even remember doing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I figured out that, you know, doing too much research can lead me as the interviewer down a, a dark path that yeah. the interviewee doesn't want to talk about. It's, it's absolutely true. And you may like it may key in on one of those things that like is specifically of interest to you. I do love to find something that is like some, some massive thing that somebody did or, or, or managed to accomplish that maybe somebody would never ask them about, but they're still like interested in talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that's, that's a hard thing to find, you know, like any, any aspiring interviewers out there, if you've mastered, if, if you can master that element, like you are going to be just a great interview. I mean, that's what talk shows have full research teams mm-hmm. to find that one thing for, you know, right. uh, uh, John Krasowski or. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that John K guy who's married that, Emily Blunt. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, as you're talking about that, I am seeing you know, these interview shows on television where they'll find the most embarrassing thing they can to put up on the screen about the, their interviewee. And it's just most people take it well, but it's always just that awkward thing of why did you do that when this person has so much interesting to say? Right. Uh, you know, why, why are you putting up this embarrassing thing and it's you know it's for comedic reasons obviously sure and uh but i'm always like no i want to hear you know how they got to where they are not their embarrassing third grade picture where they throw up on themselves or something you know it just why and at the end of the day those shows are comedy shows my show is uh is an interview getting to know you show so like Mm -hmm. the the most recent episode which may be the last episode for a little while um uh my caveat again is i have kimmy hughes on talking about decima but my big question i asked her about was that she uh cosplayed a character named big barda from dc dc comics Mm -hmm. as a um dc bombshells so these like 40s pinup versions of these characters that dc then made the official version of that character wow and i was like that's a great thing she was really excited to ask about or to talk about that and um you know that was such a fun thing to talk about and 
you know, it, it, I, I love finding that stuff. Yeah. Has there ever been a time when you asked someone or an, an interview where it just, it was just awkward from start to finish. You don't have to name names, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> just has, has something like that ever happened? Not since I've been doing the lounge as much. Um, you know, I've had some times where I've had to kind of, um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, keep people like a little bit on my side and then, you know, um, and, and adjust for that. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a thing that, um, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with, with, uh, neurodiversity in some ways, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you need to, to make those adjustments, but that's, you know, that's not a big deal at all. Um, but I have had times where people just didn't give me anything. My old podcast, which was just called the Doc Ballantrum podcast. Um, I, I had a couple interviews that were just, I had one that I just never published. It was a, just a stinker from <laughs> start to and, and it was like, it ended up being like 15 minutes long. Um, it was, a, it, I'm not going to say who he was, but he was a documentarian for a topic that I was super excited to talk about. Um, and it just, it went nowhere. And then like, he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think I'm done with this. And I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it was a mutual. Uh, yeah. I was like, right? <laughs> this isn't working out. Yeah. That's so. Funny. So with, with that in mind, I thought we would switch over to our main topic for today, which is comedy and gaming. Comedy and gaming. Yeah. So, so for me, comedy is really the hardest form of entertainment to get right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've tried it with you know, fiction writing. I've tried it in gaming. Um, because trying to add comedy to games, for me, is always a recipe for disaster for, for so many reasons. Um, so for you, being you know, an expert in the topic and an expert in the realm of games. Uh, what is for you the most important element in comedy gaming? So um, there's, there's a couple of things and, and I'm going to throw uh, quote unquote rules out there. Um, and I've been trying, I've been trying to do this for a while. Uh, I was actually on misdirected Mark um, a while back where I was like, I know there's three rules of comedy. I haven't quite figured out what they are yet. Um, so I've been, I've been distilling those for the last few years. Um, two of them have kind of say the same one has not, but before I even get into those rules, um, I want to talk about what, what comedy isn't in a weird, weird way. Okay. Um, because I don't think that the, this is even a rule. I think it's just like, if, if this is a thing you're going for, then maybe you're not trying to be funny. Maybe you're trying to be something else. Okay. Um, and the first one, and I say this all the time, is mean. Um, mean is never funny. Um, and mean means that somebody is, is feeling unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we've, we've talked about safety in gaming all over misdirected mark. Um, I know you guys have talked about it and everything like that. Um, And I think it even goes beyond that to, to the point where like, if you, if you have somebody that's playing a character um, that, that can't laugh at a a certain foible or whatever that Mm -hmm. that character has, um, then, then that's me. Um, That, but that's, and that's a, that's a, a, a line to walk. Sometimes that person will know, like, you know, oh yeah, Krognark is pretty dumb. So uh, let's, you know, we can we can have a little fun with that. Right. Um, 
but um but it's not you know so so mean is is a big thing um and then um trying to be funny is almost never funny um i used to say trying to be funny is is never funny um and then i remembered rob williams and i'm like yeah okay almost never mm-hmm. uh, right. because you know right. some rules are defied yeah um and so if you're if you're like oh i'm gonna put this stuff in there to be funny like silliness sometimes just isn't necessarily funny it can lead to funny things mm-hmm. um but you know that's uh and, and when i say silliness i mean like wackiness i mean right. um you know kind of slapstick yeah yeah um the example I always think of is Daffy Duck. If you watch like the original Daffy Duck cartoons, mm-hmm. um, they're not funny because Daffy is just kind of a jerk to mm-hmm. whoever he's dealing with. And sometimes right. it's a hunter. And, you know, I yeah. found myself watching those and going, I hope this guy gets this damn duck. Um, <laughs> but, um, but then when, when Daffy Duck becomes a greedy, selfish character with his foible being, Bugs Bunny, he becomes a much he. That's a funnier character. Okay, yeah, because he's he's now flawed. He's now kind of right. broken, and they're not trying to make him as wacky as possible. They're trying to make him a person. Yeah. So, okay, that's yeah. kind of where that comes in. Yeah. One one that I've always heard, and it goes along with with mean is never funny. Is you know don't don't punch down, punch up. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's that's kind of what we're talking about. Is right. Don't it's don't punch the powerless. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's. I mean, that's that's one of those things where sometimes, um, you know, don't punch down is is always going to be there. Again, sometimes people are in on that joke. If, if right, if that's the thing, and that's not. I don't think punching down. I think that's that's just. Right. You know, oh, you're. We're gonna have. We're gonna take this journey together. Sure. Um, yeah. Don't yeah. leave leave anybody behind. That's another way to say it. I don't know. Like I said, I'm still refining this. <laughs> yeah. No, that, no, that's cool. But I, I, I like the. Before we get to the three rules about what you know, what comedy is, defining what comedy isn't. I think is is an important thing because there have been. You know, there have been times when I've watched podcasts or watched streams of, of games and I just sit there looking at it going, this this doesn't, to me, this isn't funny. Of course, I don't like sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like what most people like, I think, in, in terms of humor. Uh, so I may be a bad person to try to say what's funny and what isn't. Oh, no, um, I align with you entirely on that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's like, yeah. So I I have lost the train of thought. This train has left the rails. <laughs> so I am going to now direct us back to your three rules of comedy and gaming. Three rules of comedy and gaming. Okay. So, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in reverse order that I put them on the sheet. Um, okay. and I'm gonna start with uh, go small. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do something little. Um, it, it will grow. Uh, so you, you take that, that little ice ball that you roll up all nice and neat and you roll that down the massive hill mm-hmm. and it'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger. But you don't have to start it big. You can start it small and then let it grow from there and then add into it when, oh yeah, you know, um, 
uh, one of the examples is from um, the Five Corners game that I've been running on uh, FM Gamers. Um, the, the theme of that is that it takes place in a mall uh, that happens to sit at the nexus of all space, time, and reality. Now, I guess that's a pretty heavy concept, but mm -hmm. that's all I need to say about it. Mm -hmm. And right away, and then, then I'll say, what are stores that are in this mall? And people will say, this one and this one. And, you know, mm -hmm. and now this mall is populated with all these wacky stores that people took part in. Mm -hmm. And now there's a character to this mall. But all I had to say was, it's a mall at the center of all space and time. I don't know. That doesn't yeah. seem too small, but it's not a lot, right? Right, right. It's it's not that the concept is small. It's that the detail is small. Yes. And, yes. and, the, and the detail can grow from that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's actually important in any sort of storytelling, especially storytelling that has any depth to it, mm -hmm. is that you start with a detail. And the detail does not have to be big and glaring. But if you create enough of those concrete, specific, uh, noticeable details, then you are building up imagery. You're building up patterns that will then carry you through the story, whether it's drama or comedy or anything. Uh, you know, so if you start even start a novel and the, the character is playing with a, uh, a salt shaker at a restaurant, right? And describe the salt shaker and and what's in it, what's not in it, how it is, how it feels to the character. Is the top on or off? You know, that detail will then can become important later. Uh, and I think comedy is very similar in that you, you start with a detail that's noticeable. Then you can play with that detail as the comedy grows. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that along the lines of what you're saying? That's that's very yeah like that's almost exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Um, cool. In fact, uh, to the point where, you know, as as you were saying that, I was I was also saying like, like sometimes um, simple is is part of that too. Mm -hmm. Like you know, um, yeah, I'll talk about superheroes all the time because I'm a little bit obsessed with them. But like superheroes and supervillains fighting each other isn't funny, but. Mm -hmm superheroes and supervillains fighting each other being just a common thing in the world. And like now they're punching in together right. and, you know, not, like making that a familiar thing, you know, adding some simple element to, to something that is not funny can sometimes make it funny in that mm -hmm. way. You know, yeah. you've got, you've got Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus punching at the same time and like, Oh yeah. How the kids been, you know? Okay. And they're going to fight later. Like, Right. Oh. That's, that's funny to me. Um, uh, not, not immediately so, but there's a joke there that we can get right. to. Right. And that's, you're setting up the jokes that, that are going to come down the line, but you need yeah. to set it up to make, to make the payoff work with it. Yeah. And I think one of the other things too, is to, uh, to, to when it, when the other part of, of maybe going small is to pull ego back a little bit. Um, and that's a thing I've learned from improv and, and it's the, the hardest skill to master in improv is to let your ego go. Because if I'm in a scene with people on stage and we're live and I have a really great joke that I know will be the button line for the scene and it'll end the scene. Um, and then somebody goes in a direction that's taking us away from where I would be going. Mm -hmm. I have to know to let that go. Right. 
And sometimes, especially if you're the game master for a funny game, sometimes mm-hmm. the players are going to come up with something that's way funnier than, than you could have right. had to kind of throw that punchline in, let go mm-hmm. of what you have. Yeah. I mean, and that's good advice, not even talking about comedy, but just talking about a GM running a game mm. that's that's more of a sandbox. You know, you have the direction that you th- see it going. The players go in a different direction. You have to let that go. So, you know, that's great advice, comedy, or just general G- GMing advice. Yeah. I, that's, it, there's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because sometimes you'll think the most brilliant thing in the world, but then, like, you have to know when to pull back i fm gamers this this uh past week that we um we played at one point it looked like the players thought that the band the who was um were the villains behind everything that's been going on (laughs) and in my head i was like the who is my favorite band ever and i'm so i'm like that's amazing i would love to have Pete townsend and roger daltrey show up and just be evil villains but then i'm like I don't know if that's funny. I just couldn't. I just <laughs> I, couldn't. I think it's fine. I think that's <laughs> awesome. You, know, you get you get uh, Townsend with his windmilling and yeah, Ultra spinning his his mic. Yeah, it was damage to those things. It was it was interesting because in my head I'm trying to like reconcile like you know oh man Keith Moon and like yeah, yeah, but yeah. then I was like I don't know I I just I just couldn't quite do it, especially for a live stream show but yeah. um there's there's a little insight into the FM gamers the who were almost the main villains for there you go well <laughs> sounds like my kind of show right there <laughs> um so um so but but talking about that and especially talking about like collaborative storytelling. Uh, the yes and mm-hmm. um, this is an improv thing. Everybody who does improv has heard it. Everybody knows it. Um, it when you when you do improv for a long time, it becomes so tropey that it's sometimes more fun to to do the no but. But you have to do that very mm-hmm. in very limited ways. Um, but a yes and will always adding more stuff will always give more fodder to mm-hmm. being funny. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm trying to reconcile what you're saying about comedy and gaming with just gaming in general. Yeah. And, and yes, and has always been something that they've told G, DMs and GMs to do. Uh, but I think we're almost to a point now where yes, and can be a detriment to a game a story, but I think it's a positive to comedy. So I, I think at some points we might be weighing one against the other there uh, in terms of, you know, if, if your game is strictly a comedy game, then definitely go in that direction. If your game is a narrative creation vehicle with comedy elements, uh, you, you may want to be careful with the yes and yeah. Because now you might be throwing a whole game out of balance yeah. by saying, well, sure, you can do X, uh, where X is something completely outside and outrageous of the rules. Well, and that's, and, and that's one of those things, too, where, you know, you know yourself as a GM. If you want to be in that territory, awesome. That's mm-hmm. cool. But if, if it's going to mean that, you know, 
this this carefully planned thing that you had been doing for a long time um or even i will i'll I'll even throw in there like if 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 doing a yes and is going to mean that it throws off a plot that you have been hinting at for a while and like you've got all these clues in place um then then you know that's that's not going to be a good resolution for the players like Oh wait, it was just this dumb thing that we guessed instead of, but all this other stuff leads to another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say I have been, I've run games where uh, I was running a mystery and the players used all the clues to guess something that was totally off of where I was going. And I was like, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this works so much better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, but yeah, use it judiciously. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, I mean, yes, and can also like that. That ellipse can also lead to a. We're not going to use that right now. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, it could be a yes, and let's get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and it's before we get to the third rule, I, I kind of mm-hmm. want. I think this fits with yes and. Um, it's it's about specifically D and D, as as a game. Most of the games I've run. And I would include home campaigns and and like one shot game days in public, as well as like organized play and and long term campaigns. Most games that I've run have tried to be serious high fantasy, but ended up being comedy <laughs> because that's just what the players sort of want. Yeah. And not always, you know, it's not like 90% of the time, but, you know, 55% of the time Uh, it's, it's, and and you just, as the, as the GM, you just kind of have to say, okay, I'm going to be the straight man as it were. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'm going to continue to run this game as if it is a serious fantasy game, but you know, this tutu wearing barbarian, and the you know half orc who you know fill in the blank with whatever sort of crazy thing a player can come up with um they they want comedy but i can't become them i have to be the person who sets up the jokes for them so i'm just going to continue to run this and and we're, we're yes ending but the and for me is continuing the story that i have to tell and letting them play off of that. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And and that and I think that's also the that kind of goes back to to one of those like what comedy isn't too. Like you're you're saying, you know, my your ego is like okay, well then let the players drive. Like let them do right what what they want to do. Um, and I'm gonna step back to that a little bit too because. When I say comedy isn't mean, meanness means that the people, um, the humans, are are in on the joke. Right. Um, if the players determine that being mean to this NPC is funny, right. and the GM agrees, right. then then that's fine. Like right. it, like that's a really fun thing, and that'll happen sometimes. You know, sure. yeah, especially with villains. So players love to be mean to villains, right. Yeah, and villains 
can often be mean to players. Yeah, usually, yeah, wow. usually in a more dramatic way rather than a comedic way. But that's kind of their job. I I will say one of the one of the more interesting times where I saw an opportunity for comedy in a game was um, years ago playing second edition. Um, there was it was uh, Dark Sun and. Mm-hmm there was this big storm and it separated us from the whole group it was this pre-published adventure. And then this guy, these people came up to us and like, they gave us food and water. And this guy was like, Oh, I'll help you. I can heal your wounds and stuff. And we're like, Oh, thank you. And then he's like, all those people turned out to be zombies. And it turns out he poisoned us to get us to work with him. And one of the other players goes, what, why would you do that? We, we were so thankful that you helped us that like, we would have probably just, done what you wanted us to do anyways we're adventurers we go do that sort of thing and the gm had this moment of like feeling bad (laughs) then it was this great moment of like all of us just were like yeah come on man like that that just seems really you know that what a jerk thing to do (laughs) making the villain feel bad for (laughs) this evil necromancer on dark sun of all places being shamed into uh... just feeling i could and and for for the longest time we would just joke about him because like he could have had friends Mm -hmm. like (laughs) well you know speaking of evil necromancers your your last rule is start with character yes so let's talk Um, about that so that's actually that is the one of these rules that is pulled from um basically every sitcom writer ever um Mm -hmm. and it is um it, it, I think it was originally, I, I found it, I find it originally attributed to uh, one of the head writers on the Golden Girls. Um, and you'll find that like with a lot of, and, and you know, neither of us are, are huge sitcom people, right? right. Um, but you'll find with a lot of the best comedy stuff that's, that's out, that's out there, it's, it's always going to be character forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you have a situational comedy, um, the, the golden girls saying, um, four women living in a retirement home in Florida isn't necessarily a funny concept, but when you create those characters and you play with those archetypes, um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot written on how those archetypes fit perfectly into D and D. Um, I won't get, go into that cause I'll, I'll misquote some of it, <laughs> but, uh, but when you, when you, when you play with those archetypes, in that way, that's what makes the humor. And so when, pe- when players are making characters, um, just be aware of, you know, what about that? If it's a con- if you, if you intend it to be a humorous game, mm-hmm. um, then be aware about what those, what in those characters, uh, that they're creating is going to, um, be the most interesting things to play with in that environment. Right. Um, and that's rarely going to be like a rules thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, if, if it might be, it, I, I don't know. I always, I was almost going to say like, Oh, it could be a weakness, but eh, it's almost never going to be in, on, on the, on the paper. Yeah. Well, it, it, with, with fifth edition, they, they introduced the, the four sort of traits, uh, personality trait, bond flaw and i always forget the fourth one um but but the, those are those those four things that um a goal oh yes so so those four things are non-mechanical 
Yeah. And they are the perfect time to when you're sitting down to say start a campaign, decide whether it's going to be a comedic campaign and use those those traits, flaws, bonds, and goals as your your as your start with character, right? As your yeah. comedic um, grist for the mill. Yeah, that's actually that's a it's a really solid point too, because that's you know and, and you can also gauge like like when when players pick those, you can gauge the level of humor that they want based on yep. what they're, what they're building there. Um, and you'll find a lot of the times that, you know, I think people will try to make those work together. Um, but if you've got a whole party of people that are like, Oh, we just want random ones. Well, they're, they're, they're in for some yucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, you talked about paranoia and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the most important character in paranoia is the computer. Yes. And so you can, you can in D, even in D&D, start with a concept like that. Not that there's this one, you know, um, maladjusted, malicious overseer of all things, but there sure as heck can be. Yeah. Right? There, there can be that, that sort of the setting itself is a character. And if you make that character grim, like Dark Sun or Ravenloft, then you're making that setting. Uh, you're making that setting a character of a certain type. You can just as easily make the setting itself a character that will promote humor more than drama. Yeah, that's and that's that's very much a thing. And. Um, Dungeons and Dragons worlds tend to have characters that can work in that way. I mean, um, the best example, one that I've actually used, is Elminster. Right. Um, I, I one of my favorite things about Elminster, and and when I was running a, a, a Forgotten Realms campaign, my players automatically just didn't like Elminster. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things I wanted to introduce with him was that the reason he looks like a typical wizard is because he's aware of the fiction of typical wizards. Oh, nice. And he's like, no, this is, this is just what people will expect me to look like. So that's, you know, yeah. that's why I'm where I'm, what I'm wearing. Um, but I think they, they found him, they, they were, came upon him and wearing jeans and a t-shirt at one point. Oh, geez. That's hilarious. And, <laughs> and they were like, what's he? He's like, ah, just ignore this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's like, you can play with those, those elements. I mean, sometimes, sometimes there will be, uh, uh, you know, and that wasn't a comedy campaign by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, that was a a chance to throw somebody that was um, maybe not omnipotent, but you know, pretty major. Um, I'm trying to think of other characters from other campaigns like that. I just don't know them as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you've got, like, you've got Strahd from, from Ravenloft yeah. who, you know, it's, it's the most tragic story in gaming, basically his story of, of how he fell. Um, but you could definitely, if you wanted to twist it into a sort of mock horror, uh, campaign if if you really tried someone put up on the dm's guild weekend at strad's like weekend at bernie's uh but but with strad and so you know so so that sort of thing if you if you really lean into it hard um you can make that satire work yeah 
I, I, I believe it. I believe it. I, I actually, I'm thinking back to the, the old uh, Ravenloft box sets and there mm-hmm. was a lot of like humor and horror have a lot in common, right? Cause both are re- requiring a quick shock and a reaction. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. We, we need a new realm of Ravenloft. That's just the sort of, I'm trying to think of like a cabin in the woods, uh, Sort of, <laughs> sort of situation. That would be awesome. Okay, N- new, new, uh, new idea. Idea yeah. number seven thousand four hundred and twelve. That will never be worked on. You know, it's interesting too. The reverse works too because I was like, oh, oh yeah, I could throw clowns in there, but clowns aren't funny anymore. Clowns are oh, terrifying. Yeah, well, clowns have always been terrifying. Let's be well, real. <laughs> I mean, the, right? And that's the thing. Like, like there's there's such a, a weird uh, boy that I could. I could probably do a whole podcast series based on like how comedy and, and, and horror both intersect with clowns. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so there's, there's the three rules. Um, um, you know, go small, go, go simple. I think is the, the better mm-hmm. way to say that um, the old yes. And unless you shouldn't, um, <laughs> And then start with character. The, the, the player characters are the main characters, um, but also know when, when some other characters can kind of come in and, and have that fun in there. Um, yeah, what, what do you think of those three rules? Yeah, I, I, I like those three rules. Uh, my brain really, for when, I, when I think of rules, the first thing I go to is the, the don't rather than the do. Yeah. So that's why when you said, when you started with those, you know, mean is never funny, uh, trying isn't funny, failure is, you know, that, that sort of thing. It, uh, that's where my brain always goes when I start thinking of rules. I think of the don't do this first and here's why. And then where does that, what does that leave us for, for what we should do? Yeah. The, the only, the only extra thing I would add to this whole conversation is I mentioned satire. And satire for me is a very hard comedic form to do well and very easy to do badly. Yes. Uh, Because for me, satire, I think of somebody like Weird Al, right? Mm. Weird Al gets away with what he can do because he is such a good musician, right? He's such a good writer. He's such a, 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 he can play instruments and he sings well enough to pull off what he's trying to do. If yeah. I see other people trying to do weird Al stuff, I usually just shake my head because it just, it doesn't get there for me. Well, and also weird Al is good at being weird Al because he's weird Al. True. Whereas someone else trying to be weird Al is never going to be weird Al. Right. You know, and that's, that, that, that's, that's true. Be, be yourself really is probably another, you know what? I'm fine. We're four rules now. Be yourself. Four rules. The three <laughs> rules plus one. Plus one. Five is um, right now. And then the warning. <laughs> right. Beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I, I think that that's an important thing. If you're, if you're trying to, to give comedy to people um, and you're trying to do something, be something other than who you are, um, I'll, uh, uh, so I'm going to admit something on the show. We're at, we're at 42 minutes. So, um, yep. this will be quick. Um, I've struggled with doing standup because, uh, before I get up and do stand up in front of people and I know I have learned the craft, 
I know how to build stand up and everything. But before I do that, I want to know who my character is. The problem with that is I can't know who my stand up character is until I start doing stand up. Right. So I, I've trapped myself in a loop, and really, I just need to get up and do stand up and, yeah, and, I mean, and figure it out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you watch or talk to any comedians, you know, it's you have to fail so much before you succeed, and it's it's true with with a pretty much any craft, right? Yeah, uh, you 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 have to do those ten thousand hours, and the first nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine are probably not going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the the advice that uh, that noted D and D player Ron Funches gave me um, was just just go do it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. I, I will. Just just go do it. And with that, uh, thank you so much, Doc, for coming on and talking with us today. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners. I hope you enjoyed this show as I hope you enjoy all the shows. And thank you for your support. Um, if you would like to support the show, there are many things that you could do to help. You can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com MMP. And even for just a dollar a month, you can help us pay hosting costs, help edit the show like Doc so adeptly does. And, um, as do you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And uh, you can... If you can't afford uh, to give us that dollar or whatever, that's fine. Um, if you could give us a review, tell us how we're doing on whatever medium you listen on. Or just talk about the show on social media. Say, hey, I heard a great show today. And give us a little shout out. Point people in our direction. That would be great. Uh, Doc, where can people find you on the internet? So uh, people can find me anywhere you find Doc Palindrome. It is me. I have I have taken claim on it. I've staked it everywhere. When a new service shows up, I sign up as Doc Palindrome and then forget about it until it becomes popular. All so. right. <laughs> yep. So all you Facebooky time people can find him anywhere. Doc Palindrome at yep. Doc Palindrome. Sweet. Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yep. <laughs> there you go. And, oh, and I've been writing periodically at docpalindrome.com on oh. my website that I let linger, 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 linger. for so long. Um, and also uh, uh, people can find me um, with the Nuts and Bolts Improv. Um, we're, we're actually going to be doing stuff, some stuff during this quarantine. So uh, check that out. Best place to find us is on the, our Facebook page. Okay, there you go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Merwin or on the Down With D&D forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com. So, Down With D&D is a Misdirected Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. So, hey, Doc Palindrome, what are we going to do now? We're going to make some monsters laugh. Woo! Woo! You're down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. You're down with D&D. Yeah, you you're down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. You're down with D and D. You're down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. You're down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. I'm down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D and D?